Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. Hi, everyone. So glad you could join us for another episode of Adweek's Most Powerful Woman in Sports. I'm Lisa Granitstein, and it's here where the world's greatest marketers, media pros, athletes, and coaches share their remarkable career journeys and how they achieve peak performance. Today, we'll be speaking with NHL Chief Marketing Officer Heidi Browning. We'll talk to Heidi about the power of positivity, humor, and humility. Heidi joined the National Hockey League in 2016 as CMO after leading digital marketing strategies for companies such as Pandora and MySpace, as well as Agency UM. Based in San Francisco, Heidi is responsible for executing the NHL's growth marketing strategy and for deepening fan engagement across digital and traditional channels. And now let's dive in. Heidi, welcome to the show. All right. Hi. Hey, hey. So thanks for joining us. I, I want to d- dive right in. And, you know, in, in, in preparing for this, um, for our, our chat today, I went to your LinkedIn bio and it says you're dedicated, and I love this, to peace, love, and ROI. <laughs> now, how did you come up with that? How is that? How do you apply that throughout your you know, your, your career, your, your, uh, I guess, as a leader, how did that come to be? Well, I mean, this is all about bringing both your heart and your head to business. And I firmly believe that it is possible to be both an effective leader who delivers results while also being a kind and caring human being. And that's what I try to bring to my work life, my home life, uh, et cetera. From the uh, you know standpoint of 
the greatest lessons I think that we've learned from the pandemic, the role empathy plays in both the workplace as well as at home has grown and, is, and we've seen it to become even more important in our world. And I do think it's gonna take, uh, make a critical path in the future of work. Uh, this role of empathy. And that's really, again, what all it is, what it's all about, combining that heart and head. Um, and then from the ROI perspective, I've kind of been obsessed with ROA uh, all my <laughs> life. Even when I was a little kid, we'd go to the mountain and we'd ski and try to get our cost per run down each weekend. So, uh, you know, that was a natural segue into working into digital media and now marketing. So uh, peace, love and ROI all the way, baby. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And where did where did you grow up? I grew up in Montana uh, in uh, a town called Great Falls, Montana, which was uh, one of the bigger cities. And um, it was a wonderful way to, you know, wonderful childhood. Uh, and uh, I still have family there. I don't get back as often as my uh, parents would like me to, but uh, it's, it's a lovely place. Yeah. And were you a big sports fan or an athlete or both uh, back then? Well, Let's see. Um, I was more of a mathlete than an athlete. So I'd say I, I skewed more nerd than athlete, but I did love to ski uh, and have fun. Uh, and then, you know, um, as I went on to college, uh, that's where I started to, you know, kind of join the bandwagon, if you will, uh, have because we had professional teams and you could, you know, enjoy mm -hmm. all the fun and the fandom across multiple sports. It's tough when you grow up in a state where you don't have a professional sports team uh, to, you know, right. you kind of find strange alignments uh, and reasons to like teams. You know, for example, we love the 49ers because of Joe Montana, just because of the name Montana. Oh. You know? <laughs> I didn't even think of that. That's really funny. <laughs> That's good. So when you got the job at the NHL, and we'll and we'll talk about your some of your other roles that led to that job. Um, what did you know about hockey, if anything? Well, I didn't know much about hockey. I was like yeah. the most uh, bandwagon fan, meaning I would go to Stanley Cup parties because they're fun and social and, and fabulous. Uh, but I was not a dedicated hockey fan by any means. And um, you know, when I was interviewing with the commissioner, he was so wonderful and, you know, made it really clear that I didn't have to be a hockey fan to work there. He said, you know, we have a whole company filled with hockey fans and sometimes you can't see what you can't see. And, you know, that's a really gracious way to bring me into the organization because it helped me, you know, turn what I perceived as my weakness not knowing the game into a strength. And as we look to grow our fan base beyond the avid hockey fans and pull in and expand to casual fans, this became a definite, you know, opportunity uh, for me to bring my perspective to the table. But like any yeah. other world, you know, when you're in an agency world, which I, I spent many years on the agency side, mm -hmm. when you win a piece of business, you all of a sudden get your PhD in that industry, right? You study the business, right. the products, the people, and you go from there. And so what I was able to bring to the league was my years of experience in digital and social and mobile and data, and then learn the business of hockey. And now I love it. And I'm a huge hockey fan. <laughs> and we'll get into that. I want to, I want to just, so I want to go back. You worked at MySpace, you worked at Pandora. Can you give me some examples of how those roles, uh, you were able to apply uh, the skills and tools for enriching the NHL brand? 
So those are two of my favorite uh, experiences uh, of my career. And um, I always refer to my space as the business school of life. I mean, it really was. It was the most mm. interesting and exciting and challenging role. And it was absolutely a privilege to be part of that era. Um, because when you think about it, um, MySpace was the beginning of social media, and that has changed marketing forever. So, you know, I joined back when it was the cultural zeitgeist. We were breaking double click uh, every every day because of the rapid, rapid exponential growth that the MySpace audience was um, having. And, and you think about it, it was a time in society where for the first time ever, consumers had technology in their hands. They had iPhones and flip video cameras, if you remember those. Mm-hmm. And then so they could create, but they also had the opportunity to distribute content uh, to audiences at scale via MySpace. So creators were now also distributors, and that was game-changing. And I think the birth of our creator culture that we are living in today. Mm. The second thing that I think was transformational at that time and having a seat at the table was, was extraordinary, which is the power and the relationship, the social contract between consumers and brands. For the first time ever, consumers had a voice, they had a platform, uh, and they used their voice to tell brands what they thought about them, right? And the smart brands were leaning in and listening early, and now listening is part of every marketer's toolkit as an important touch point with your fans and your customers. So creator culture and listening uh, came right out of MySpace. Um, I also had the opportunity to work at Pandora. I joined shortly before we went public and helped scale that business into a billion dollar business. And that was also Mm -hmm. an incredible experience because we were redefining the audio landscape. Uh, We were, you know, it was all about the power of personalization to deliver, you know, a sublime listening experience and to discover new artists. And all of that was driven by incredible amounts of data uh, and mobile. uh, Pandora was a mobile first company and that's where uh, that scaled and grew. And so all the clever tricks that we learned uh, in the digital world and the web world um, didn't work in mobile. So Mm -hmm. this was an, an extraordinary opportunity for us to learn how to grow and business and monetize in mobile while at the same time uh, delivering this extraordinarily personalized experience. So, you know, to, to sum up the these, um, you know, kind of trends that I bring with me to everything I do uh, at the NHL and beyond, it's the power of listening, it's the power of personalization and the power of people uh, to create. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. Wow. So you really, I mean, you really are, people shouldn't think that because they didn't start, let's say, at the bottom of the rung and work their way up to some job in marketing at, at a sports league or a team that that's it. There's no career. This is definitely a way to go. Bring, bring your other school skills in and adapt. That's, that's a really great way of looking at it. Um, when you started, was it, did you find it hard? You started, when did you, you, you started in 2016? 2016. 2016. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and that was a really important year because that was um, we were celebrating our hundredth year as a brand, oh, wow. and you know, join the ability and the opportunity and the privilege to join the company at a time when we could celebrate a hundred years of our legacy and then usher in the next hundred years uh, and mm-hmm. ensure that our brand is relevant uh, for the next generation of fan is super exciting. Yeah, so let's talk about the next generation of fans. So, how are you? How are who are you reaching out to as that generation um, looking at diversity, diversifying the fan base and and the players and maybe even the front office, bringing in more women? Like, where give us sort of a lay of the land. Well, all of those are part of our key uh, priorities at the league. The growth of our fan base, especially among younger and more diverse audiences is number one. Uh, you know, and, and mirroring that, it is our mission at the league to ensure that, you know, our, our front office looks like our fan base and looks like the rest of, you know, society. And so making sure mm-hmm. that we are a place that's welcoming and inclusive for all. Um, I'm really proud to be uh, at the NHL where we have so many women leaders uh, across both U.S. and Canada. They're in the league office, they're club owners, they're presidents, and a growing number of women in high hockey operations, uh, mm-hmm. as well as in broadcast. So we've got a lot of momentum going and it's continuing to build. Um, one of my, my favorite, uh, you know, moments or people, I should say, it's, it's not a moment. It's a, it's an ongoing relationship is the ability or the opportunity to work with my partner, uh, and colleague and friend in the C-suite Kim Davis. Um, she uh, joined the league a year after I did. And boy, having her come into the league and join uh, the rest of us at the executive table has made an amazing uh, impact on our business. And she has, you know, years and years of experience um, leading uh, DEI initiatives, uh, mm-hmm. but she's also helped us accelerate the work that we've been doing. So um, we have hot is for everyone is our North Star. It's our, yeah. our vision and our version of the highest uh, version of our sport. Uh, we know that we have a lot of work to do to truly make hockey is for everyone. And we are committed to doing so um, for, for decades 
decades. Uh, we've been uh, investing in youth programs all across North America, especially in underserved communities. Um, we have learn to play programs. We have STEM programs. We have equipment sharing. We even have these really cool, innovative um, technology pieces that we're uh, testing out in Canada. They're called NHL street nets. And I think of it like a transformer. It's uh, you- <sighs> You put it into, you know, like a, 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 um, a an urban area and it can transform it from a hockey net into a basketball hoop. So it can oh, wow. be used for multi-purposes. And that's like another just like innovative way we're trying to make our game accessible to everyone. You don't have to step on the ice to become, a, a you know, to become a hockey fan. There are many, mm-hmm. many paths to fandom. That's uh, amazing. Yeah. And then, you know, when you think about it from a marketing perspective, you know, we're constantly listening to our fans, um, you know, talking to our fans and waiting, maybe fans who are not fans quite yet, might be multicultural fans or young fans and learning about what are the, you know, what are their perceptions and barriers uh, and what, what can we do to help make the game more welcoming to them? And we're implementing, you know, marketing and, and, um, pol- and in arena policies to ensure mm-hmm. that we live up to our highest form of hockey. And, and do you have something called power players still? Is that still active? Oh boy, you just asked me about my favorite topic, Lisa. All right, um, let's do it. So the power players. Yeah. Uh, so when I first joined the league, uh, I did an interview, uh, and um, you know, I talked about how joining the league with a hundred year anniversary and ushering the next generation of fan and being focused on these younger fans. Well, I got a physical letter in the mail from this young lady uh, named Sabrina Solomon. She was an eleven year old mm-hmm. who uh, was, you know, letting me know that she read the article. She had a bunch of ideas for us, and in fact, she was off for the summer because school was out and she could come work for free, which of course we we couldn't hire her, but we invited her and her mom in the league. And, you know, we assembled a little crew of, um, you know, different people across the league thinking she might want to look to, you know, aspirationally have a job in the league and in some, you know, different categories. Well, she comes in, she brings a whole PowerPoint filled with ideas and she presents them in the boardroom to everybody with, you know, great poise. And what was, it was a real aha moment for us because uh, we recognized like some of the ideas, all of the ideas she had were great. Some of the ideas we were already doing. And if she was not recognizing or seeing or knowing that we were doing these ideas, then we had a problem that meant that Mm. we weren't connecting with her and her generation. And so from there that birthed our NHL power players, youth advisory board. Um, It's comprised this year. We're just, we just uh, announced our new board this year it's got 27 13 to 17 year olds um they're across north america about 60 percent of them are women and a third of them are multicultural and we assemble them meet with them twice a month and they advise us on everything we talk about sports obviously hockey but sports and culture and media and music and content and the intersectionality of all of this and each of them um you know had to go through a pretty rigorous application process and interview process to get on our board and we Mm -hmm. wanted to make sure not only were they committed with ideas this wasn't just a resume builder right that this was like something that they they would actually want to participate on in um, but they also get to learn about our business and have 
sort of a behind the scenes view of how the NHL works. And so wow. we um, we cherish all the insights that we learn from them. Um, we've uh, you know picked up a pattern over the course of the last three years of sort of the key themes that are important and resonate, and which by the way have also been validated in other research. So we know it's not just this focus group of fans, but it's uh, you know it's bigger than that. And we use their insights to either validate the direction we're going or, you know, slightly change some of the work that we're doing or inspire new ideas altogether. But they've been um, extraordinarily helpful to us. And especially, you know, when you, you think about the importance of DEI and the importance of growth and making our sport mm-hmm. available and inclusive to all, this is a passion point for each and every one of them. And that's where they're here to help us think about what are the programs and the ways that we can communicate and connect with their peer group uh, to bring them into the world of hockey. Fantastic. Are there any insights or surprises that you learned from the power players that you actually applied or stopped oh, yeah. doing? Oh, all the time. Yeah. yeah, all the time. They, there are really like four key pillars. The one is, uh, which I call humans are greater than highlights. And that's all about, you know, this desire to know the whole athlete, right? Um, Fans around the world are following athletes first, then club teams, and then leagues. And they're following athletes, the sports they don't even watch just because they're interesting humans. And so this is all about that power of personal. They want to have a one-to-one connection with the athletes that they admire so much. They want to know how they became goats. They want to know what they do in their, you know, spare time with their families. Like this is has been an important um, pillar in our storytelling, uh, both on our social medias and across all of our, our channels. Um, the other um, key insight is around inclusivity, which we've already um, talked mm-hmm. about, about how important it is. And, you know, I, I um, am grateful that we have this group of power players that is, you know, happy to share with us their perspective and their ideas, but also to let us know like where we need to, you know, be thinking of how we can change and, and evolve and as a brand. And I applaud them for being very, you know, brave and straightforward with us on that. Uh, And then the third area is really around um, gamification of everything, which I, you know, is not of a surprise. Course. I'm not, yeah. you know, there's esports, but that it's generation. Yeah. every single thing you do, right? You know, yeah. you're just on yeah. Twitter, you're taking a poll. Okay. Did I win? Did I lose? How did I benchmark? That's really important. Uh, and then the last one is this idea around see me is how we call it, uh, which is this idea of putting our fans at the center of our marketing. So this goes all the way back to creator culture from mm-hmm. MySpace. Uh, but it, you know, it's pulled through into this generation today. And we, you know, um, have known, have seen when we have fan centric, uh, content where it's featuring our fans and user generated content or creator content, it's some of our highest performing content on our channel. So it's an important part of our content pie. That's great. Now, what would be the hardest part of being the CMO of the NHL and what would be the most rewarding? I think. The the answer to this is the same. It's about being the voice of the fan. As the CMO, you are the voice of the fan, right? I feel great responsibility for our fan base. Uh, And especially with my team on the front lines of social media, we are the front line for the voice of the fan as well as the voice of the league. And uh, we work really, really hard to have healthy and vibrant community on social media. And you know, as well as I do, there's also a dark side. You know, you've got people who hide behind keyboards and feel like they can say whatever. And so we do our best to stand up to um, that kind of behavior. We don't have it a lot, but when we do, we stand up to it. But, you know, it's hard. It's hard on 
the social media team who's managing it. It's hard on the fans who didn't ask for that. So that's the hardest part. But the best part about it is that is the fans themselves, right? Having these personal connections. I love to go to games and sit in the stands with the fans and just talk with them about their experience. Uh, We, you know, listen to our power players. Um, I meet fans all over the place on social media and, you know, and have developed long lasting relationships with really amazing people just because I'm open to learning about them and their fandom. So um, fans are the best. They're their fuel in the lifeblood of our business. And uh, we are here to serve them uh, in every way possible. Okay. So I got one last question for you. Um, We'll end it on what's the best piece of advice you'd give to women who want to enter or move up in the NHL or maybe any sport? I'd say this is our time. Uh, Right now, we've got incredible momentum and with more yeah. and more women in leadership positions across all aspects of the league, uh, the clubs, the team, mm-hmm. then hockey ops. And so I'd say, you know, the hockey world is yours. Just go for it. Okay. All right. Well, we're just out of time, but we have just enough time for some takeaways. Um, so I'm going to let you throw to your, your key takeaways and we'll go sure. from there. Thanks. That was quick, Lisa. Um, it was. I know. I, you said it was going to be quick. Uh, so, uh, from the takeaway perspective, you know, this is really again about that heart and the head, leading with passion, listening with empathy, and learning with everyone. We all have things to learn every single day, um, and 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 not about just about the business. The second key takeaway is you know, learning about yourself, and you can learn a lot about yourself not just through the successes that you have, but through the failures. And ask yourself, what did you learn from each of these moments? Because they always make you stronger. And then the last but not least is deliver business results. It's important, no matter who you are or where you are in business, that you are thinking about the business first and driving the business. You can do it with heart and with passion, uh, but always put the numbers on the board. Excellent. These are really great. Thank you so much for sharing them. Just say go Rangers. Actually, I should say go Senators. I'm from Ottawa. My father will kill me if I don't say Senators. Anyway, yeah, thank yeah. you, you so can, like, much. Teams at once. I know I can't. We allow except, that. When they, <laughs> except when they play each other. But thank you so much. I, I hope that uh, we'll be speaking again very soon. Um, perhaps next time in real life. Um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll, we'll talk soon. Thank you for listening to Adweek's Most Powerful Woman in Sports, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and ACAST Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Al Manorino, executive produced by Chris Ahrens, and edited by Lane McGibney at Boutwell Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcasts. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? 
Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 